everyone, and welcome to episode 275 of the MTG Goldfish Podcast. I'm Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, and we have the full crew here this week, kicking things off with the owner of MTG Goldfish, Richard. What's up today, Richard? Hey, Seth. What's going on? Uh, not much. Uh, kind of a quiet-ish week, but we have some interesting topics, some new arena news, uh, some constructed stuff. But before we get into all that, we have another co-host in the awesome Krim. What's up today, Krim? Morning, Seth. Uh, like, n- not much, but, uh, pretty excited. Lots of, lots of changes in the, the constructed world. That is, that is true. And that's going to be one of our topics for today. So we haven't had a ton of like super big news in the magic world. So our main focus for this week is some arena updates. We did get some, uh, future arena news, uh, historic anthology, stuff like that. So we're going to yes. cover that. We're going to talk about constructed formats, what's going on in standard, uh, modern, maybe pioneer. And then of course, answer your fish mail. We got some good fish mail questions this week. So before we get into that, a quick reminder that our show today is once again brought to you by Spikes Academy, and Spikes Academy recently launched a new control course with Corey Burkhart, so if you like making your opponent's lives miserable with counter spells and card advantage, this is a perfect course for you. You can check it out now over at SpikesAcademy.com and learn from the very best players in the world. So, uh, thank you to Spikes Academy for supporting the podcast today, and let's talk about some magic. So, let's start with, I guess, the big news, some arena news. Uh, Richard, what was uh, the update we got i think it was during the watsi stream last thursday uh, what's coming up on arena all right uh historic anthologies 3 Ooh. coming soon uh may 21st they revealed two cards phyrexian obliterator and ulamog ceaseless hunger and also historic q will become permanent so you yes can play all the time <laughs> I gotta, yes. I gotta give Wizards credit for that. I, I have not really, uh, become a huge historic player. I still mostly play like standard and modern and pioneer. But one thing I've asked for for a long time is Wizards, uh, supporting more, uh, non-standard constructed formats full time. And this is a pretty big step in that direction that they just haven't taken. We've got like, oh, you can play Brawl on Wednesdays or, oh, if you pay a bunch of gems, you can play Brawl for a month. This is the first time they're just like, okay, you can play this other format all the time. So shout out to Wizards on that end for just like I don't even care that historic isn't a format I play a ton like just having any other formats that are up there for players all the time I think is a really good and positive decision I on the other hand play a lot of historic so I'm really excited that it's it's full time because I think that you know historic like is is actually growing and becoming like this format that started off as like a, a meme right like i mean when, when, when it was first announced i'm like we, we all were like okay well th- this doesn't look that great at all right like this isn't that sweet of a format but that's because there weren't enough sets the historic anthology didn't really hit yet but now i i'm starting to think that historic is like one to two anthologies away from being a super sweet format to the point where like i'm kind of sad that there isn't an actual paper format yet <laughs> I know this I, sounds weird, but like Phyrexian Obliterator, right? Like <laughs> Phyrexian Obliterator's in this format and like, you know, in, in the same format where now you can go like Ayara into Obliterator into Gary or Arena, Phyrexian Arena that is, into Obliterator, into Gary, stuff like that. Uh, I am concerned, like the last thing Ramp needed was more good cards, but all right, I guess... I guess Ulamog might happen, <laughs> and, I, and I'd rather Ulamog if it meant like you know uh, uh, Nexus ban, and then uh, like <laughs> I like this. This is pretty big. Anthology three 
has me insanely pumped because I've been personally saying like, cause I'm just kind of speculating on what they could put in there. I, I think I tweeted out like a, what a few months ago that they could throw in the, the dragons of Tarkir cycle of commands. And I think that would be perfect. I even think Tarmogoyf is fine. Some people say that Tarmogoyf is a bit of a reach. I don't think Tarmogoyf is a bad thing for historic. So I'm just happy for it. I can't wait to see what the rest of the cards are. And yeah, like the full time cues is exactly what I've been wanting. I'm still a little bit like, I still don't really understand exactly why they're supporting historic so heavily over formats that see play in other places. Like, do you have, what do you think the long term plan is? Cause they've mentioned like, Pioneer coming to Historic uh, is something that they're working on. That is on the roadmap or whatever. They're going to start having sets for that. Do you think the long-term plan is to, like, have Pioneer supported and have Historic supported as, uh, as its own separate format? Like, will they both coexist on, on Arena? Yes. I mean, yeah. I, oh, at least I think they'll, they'll try. These are making the formats yeah. unique, right? Like, they're yeah. not the same formats. And I think Historic will be the go-to... Um, non-rotating format on Arena and Wizards is just begrudgingly supporting Pioneer like because they have to but in the perfect world I don't think they want to right they just want people to play standard and then have a reasonable opportunity to play your cards once they rotate but I don't know that they're going all in and like trying to sell like Tarmogoyfs or something on Arena like I don't think they're going to go there but uh, you know they have to just to keep people happy but I think historic is where they want people to play, but not too much, right? You, you've seen this already. They started with the non-permanent queues, uh, but now we have permanent queues, so they're easing up on that. Uh, but standard and draft is where they want all the players playing. I think it's definitely a nice safety valve because one of one of Arena's problems over the last couple of years, I think, is when standard is bad, there hasn't been other options for players. So I, I think that just having some sort of secondary queue for when you're not feeling standard for whatever reason that you can uh, still play on Arena, I think that is a really huge uh, and really positive change because I know, like, uh, for me, that's normally how I play Magic. If I get sick of standard, I don't quit playing Magic and go play another game. I, like, play Modern or play Pioneer or whatever. Uh, I, I felt like you could really do that on Arena very easily. Like, that's that's kind of a wall I kept running into. Like, I just, it's Oko, everyone, like, 75% of the meta is Oko decks. I just really don't want to <laughs> play standard right now i didn't really have another option that was always available on arena so i think that that's a, a really big step in the right direction that i'm excited for and i'll probably try to get more into historic uh it does seem like it could be an interesting format and i think i do love obliterator i too even though i don't know historic as well as you do when i heard ulamog i was like oh that does not necessarily sound like a card that I would choose to <laughs> put into a format like Historic, especially since I know ramp decks are already pretty powerful, and Ulamog is like modern quality ramp finisher, or pioneer quality ramp finisher. Like, that's one of the best cards you can ramp into in formats that are much bigger and even more powerful than Historic at this point, so little concerned about Ulamog, but I guess the good news is they have their, like, fast uh, like suspensions and then banning, so if Ulamog is, like, super busted i assume they can just suspend it or whatever that that'll feel bad if they suspend it upon releasing it but it it's okay you know goblin ruin blaster will will still take care of the the lands that they i i don't think i've ever stopped memeing on goblin ruin blaster but have you have you ever seen anyone actually cast one in historic oh yes it's happened okay, against so it, me uh, but it is a thing people do then a little bit 
Yeah, yeah, because like so in in the Grohl meta, like the, it's a Grohl meta, right? For the aggro decks, the, the that's what the Grohl decks pack out of the board. Um, okay, that and, makes sense. And it, it does it does feel bad getting like my land blown up, <laughs> like, because Grohl can just like that's all they need, right? They just need you to stumble for a little bit. They pack like a full playset, and and yes, it does feel bad to lose to the card I meme on all the time, but like <laughs> it's not like that card. Like has single like shut down, you know, Feel of the Dead, right? Like Feel of the Dead is still good. And <laughs> if if Wizards want me to start playing more historic, I think that just adding Blood Moon in one of these anthologies, that would that would be an easy way to do it. There, if there you're is listening the- <laughs> if you're listening, Wizards, <laughs> next anthologies, give me a Blood Moon and I promise you I will stream a bunch of historic. <laughs> if if we can't if, if the internet is willing to like chew me anyone for trying to ask for Tarmogoy for- <laughs> like I don't I don't think we're getting Blood Moon. <laughs> How about Magus of the Moon? Like, it's nope. removable. <laughs> you nope. can kill it. <laughs> back, no, back no, no, no. Back to basics. I'll settle for back to basics if I have to. That that just could not happen. I mean, <laughs> I I still, like, think that... In, like, that's that's my concern with the Ulamog announcement. It's just like, dude, ramp is silly. Now you're going to see, like, Uro, uh, Golos, Ulamog, right? All this stuff in that meta. And I'm just like, dude... <laughs> <laughs> like ramp really didn't need to uh, really like dunk that hard, right? Oh, just just play that four mana counter spell that exiles the stack as well. Summary mm-hmm. dismissal. Like if yeah. that got reprinted, do you think that would even like get played? <laughs> 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 like in the format that it was in, sure, I played it right. Like it was good there. Like you got em- like like you know you you didn't have someone steal your turn. You you also it kind of like sniped planeswalker ultimates, but but now I don't know if that's where I want to be. <laughs> I'm really curious to see how good Obliterator will be. I feel like back in the day, I loved Obliterator. It was like one of my favorite creatures. But we have so many creatures now that do something immediately. I'm genuinely curious if... Because Obliterator, as far as a creature you have to like untap with, it is very (laughs) high quality. Like it is extremely powerful, but you do have to untap with it. So if it just gets like to fairy bounced or tucked or killed, you don't really get anything. Do you think it'll still be good? Like with all the like powerful do something right away creatures we get these days, is Obliterator still up to par in a format like Historic? Well, when you think about like what Historic offers you to like in a mono black like mid range style of play, I think you can, right? Because there's enough stuff there that they are, they're, it's, we're going to be stretching the removal thin, of course. With Obliterator coming out, that's now going to be like, well, maybe I don't need to kill this Ayara. But that means you're keeping Ayara, right? Like, I've, I've already, my mind has already wandered into, like, going Golgari and making Obliterator fight as many things as I can. <laughs> like, that's, that's currently my game plan. Whether it's good, I'm, we'll, we'll see. Because Mono Black does have a lot of stuff, right? Because they, what, gave you Tendrils of Corruption, your Phyrexian Arena... Like there's there's a lot there in the mono black package. Oh, uh, do you do you remember oh uh, what was the card? I can't think of the name. There was this like tech card back when Obliterator was in standard, where it's like target creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and and you'd get your opponent to just like sack all their permanents. Uh it's like a red a red sorcery, I wanna say, but I can't think of the name. I bet there's something like that in historic that'll be really hilarious. Like getting people who are trying to play Obliterator is probably gonna be a lot of fun. Oh man, like like Justice Strike? <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like 
Oh, that like how? Okay, how does obliterator read again? I can't remember. It's been a minute. Like it's e- okay. Hold, on, I, I gotta look this up. It's it's whenever a source deals damage to Frexing obliterator, that source's controller sacrifices that many permanents. So justice so, strike. I don't know if that actually works. Yeah. Okay, that does not work. See, I don't. I okay. Okay. See, the only thing I know of, like, when this was in Standard, I only played this because I was trying to farm Mono Red. I was tired of getting hit by Goblin Guide and stuff like that, so I was like, ha-ha, <laughs> beat this Mono Red. Uh, oh, the the card I was thinking of is called Rack with Madness, and it's just four mana sor- sorcery that says target creature deals damage to itself equal to its power. So since Obliterator is technically the source of the damage, yeah. it forces your opponent to, yeah. So I think that Justice Strike actually Strike would work, work then, because that yeah. is worded the same way. So yeah, I think it actually would. <laughs> wow, that's going to be a blowout. Your opponent's going to play that, and you're just going to be like, two mana, sack all your lands. Okay, maybe, <laughs> maybe we should just edit this part out, because like I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> My first week, if if I get justice striked, I'm gonna feel really bad. <laughs> we should have. <laughs> we should probably not tell people about that card. I mean, how? Like, like that is that is not ideal oh yeah that is really bad if i get justice striked dude that's i mean i would pick up my cards because obliterator forces me to but on top of that i would pick up my cards and not play that match anyways <laughs> i i might start playing historic just so i can try to justice strike you Grim. <laughs> stream, stream snipe like q snipe me yeah, yeah, yeah. oh is crim queuing up all right let's try to like let's try to like line up now oh weird four justice strikes <laughs> uh, all right so Let's uh let's move on from the world of upcoming arena stuff, which you said what, May twenty first? We're like a couple weeks away from uh historic anthologies, which will be exciting. Let's talk about what's going on right now in uh constructed magic. So let's start with standard, I guess. What is new since last week? We talked about standard last week. What has changed over the last uh, seven days or so? Well, if I, I think if you just look at the constructed format, like, like standard, right? From afar, you're just like, okay, companions, we get it, right? Like, companions everywhere, but, uh, it's actually all, like, there's a lot right now. Like, they're, like, standard kind of, see, like, there was something about standard last format, right? Where it felt like, though there was a lot going on, I was kind of like burnt out, right? But like, there's something about this standard where there's a lot of companions, a lot of stuff, yes, on the, as the face card of the deck or whatever, right? But, Underneath all of that, there's actually a lot of depth, right? I mean, we look at it now, we have Jeskai Cycling. What was it? Like, Jeskai Cycling and, like, Luka, Luka, I don't know, Super, Luka Fires in the finals of, like, a, like a, like a, the Channel Fireball, like, online qualifiers. And, I don't know, there's just been a lot of stuff. There's even Mono Red has made an appearance. Mono Green has, uh, like, made an appearance. Uh, there's, there's a lot here. And Jeskai Cycling is now, looking to be like kind of what was a meme but is now becoming <laughs> well actually the trend has always been that like as of recent the decks that have been the big memes have started to become real decks like <laughs> scape shift feel the dead haha <laughs> sick joke and then turns out that was real so i don't know it looks like cycling is is the truth so much so that there's already been some insanely cool tech out of the sideboard um, like I, I believe Mike Segrist is the one that, uh, did the sweet tech of putting the Wanderer. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how many people remember what the Wanderer does, <laughs> but the Wanderer's passive 
saves you from Zenith Flare because uh, let, me, let me pull up the Oracle text here. The Wanderer, no, not the, yeah, there you go. I Googled it and I got a, I got a song recommendation. Um, uh, prevent all non-combat damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control. And then minus two exile target creature with power four or greater. Obviously, uh, I, I guess you could hit a fox with that, but outside of that, like there's nothing to exile in the cycling deck, but the passive makes it so Zenith Flare cannot hit you. They have to spend exactly one Zenith Flare on the Wanderer. Well, that is that is pretty sweet tech. I will say that uh, it is cool to see the cycling deck being real, mostly because it's so cheap. It's cool yeah. to see like a a legitimate like can win tournaments deck that is relatively budget friendly for players and budget friendly on Arena as well. It's a deck that you don't have to have a ton of wild cards. I think like outside of like potentially needing dual lands, uh, which. You can get by without them, but uh, I think the Trilands actually bad in that deck, but everyone plays it anyway. But outside of needing dual lands, it's almost like no rares in that deck, so it's really cheap to put together. Um, I also think you mentioned the Wanderer. I've been playing a lot of Unmortigo. I feel like Unmortigo is good against like almost all the top decks in the format. Like Snagging Fires is good. Snagging Wilderness Wreck is good. Agent of Snag- Treachery. Agent of Treachery against, or, or Winota is another one. Like, it, it, I don't know what to name in that matchup. I usually name Winota, but one of those against the Winota deck's good. Uh, Zenith Flare against Cycling's really good. So I feel like it's actually relevant against like almost all the top decks in the meta right now. So I feel like people should play more on Mortigos too. As, as somebody who main decks that card, <laughs> like, like, I agree. I mean, that's also just because I like hating out certain decks, like, hilariously with, like, really bad cards. <laughs> <laughs> and because right now, if you look at the standard metagame, I, outside of, like, I did just mention that Mono Red has been popping up, like, Obosh Mono Red and stuff like that. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of respect for aggro, right? Like, I mean, people have sideboarded out hate for it. People are like, yeah, whatever. Like, I mean, I myself, I'm just like, what am I going to do? Get paired against Mono Red? And then, like, so like, I did say that. And, 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 you know, it's true, though. Like, I didn't get paired against Mono Red after, like, 20 matches on the ladder. So maybe this is the perfect time to play Mono Red. Right, Richard? <laughs> to just jump in and surprise people with Mono Red. I know this because, like, Richard loves Mono Red. So oh, anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> you do you 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 even like I, I i don't know like maybe like the i think right now there's just not that much respect for aggro so you can definitely get the jump on people like ether gust maybe the only thing that people are currently packing i think you get the jump on crim but uh <laughs> <laughs> because lures decks exist like aggro is like really hard you, you need to go obosh and like go for a combo kill but just trying to like aggro through a cat is like very um i'm gonna say uh challenging and demoralizing (laughs) but but like i i just i don't know i mean like cat decks have also like declined a little bit uh it's on the Mm -hmm. downswing this week so that's the only reason why i think it's great because everybody's playing Yorion Piles, right, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> actually, actually, while I do love me some Yorion, I actually put together just, like, top-tier, straight-up net deck Jeskai Fires over the weekend. And, With uh, Luka? Uh, Luka not the I played a little bit of the Luka build. That, uh, I, I was playing the old build before that and still crushing people with it. I feel like that deck's still really good. The Luka build, I think, is cute. I think it's cool that people finally woke up to Luka being able to just, like, get Agent of Treachery all the time. Like, th- that card is actually <laughs> really popular. 
powerful when you can manipulate what you're going to hit with it. The negative two is, like, very strong. So, I don't know. Do you think that new build of, uh, like, Yarion Luka fires, do you think that's going to... Do you think that's going to actually replace the more traditional, like, Karuga Cavalier build uh, over the long term? Or do you think it's kind of the the flavor of the weekend? I mean, it's got the most hype right now, right? So maybe this week and, like, this past week, this week, and maybe bleeds into a little bit of the week after. I think it could be pretty popular, but then we'll see, right? I mean, right now, a lot of people, like, even, like, pros are saying it's pretty good. Like, it's really good. Like, it seems to be the truth. So if it's the truth, then maybe it stays like, like, cause it's not as like easy to hate out, you know, if I go, haha, Hushbringer, right? Like, okay, well, I have three fairy. I have like 50 other cards that are also going to deal with that card. Uh, whereas like Garuda was easily hated out, right? Cause remember that was the top dog for week one, right? And then gone, instantly gone. Like you don't even see that anywhere. Um, so I don't know. This, this standard has been, as I had mentioned a little bit earlier, it's been pretty wild. Yeah, I, it definitely has been interesting uh, so far. I think I think we are at the point where, for the most part, you have to play a companion to be competitive. Like, I, I've just kind of reached that point in my deck building where it's like, I have to have a, compa- uh, a companion of some kind. I almost don't even, like, care what companion it is, but just, like, having one, I think you got to have a very specific reason. Like, Teamer Wreck is, is an example of a deck that can buy, uh, get by without a companion. But I think apart from, like, really, really fringe situations... What do you think about that? Do you, do you approach building decks and playing decks the same way? Are you are you at that point where you're like, okay, like this doesn't have a companion, so I can't actually like I can play it for fun, but I can't actually play it seriously. I am not there yet. I'm still playing a bunch of like decks without companions, and of course, yes, my chat's like, you know, lol, not playing a companion, <laughs> like you know <laughs> what I mean. But like, <laughs> I I think that you know, I'm I'm just gonna try to explore all the spaces that are currently in standard because there is a lot. Uh, but maybe may, I'm not saying that it is 100%, like it's correct to not play a companion or anything like that. I, I still think that companions are very powerful. Uh, and, and it is great. You know, that eighth card that everybody talks about, it's great. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's still stuff out there. Like Team of Wreck right now feels like the control deck for me. Uh, that, that, like that is the most, like, you know, controlling deck that I could find that also does something powerful enough where, you know, it doesn't dirtle. It just kind of just wins the game because it has to or else it loses two companions. Um, but yeah, like, like having something like three fairy running around being popular does kind of make wilderness reclamation a little scary, but that's, that's still one of the top decks I think right now. And I think it's still very good. So. And like you had mentioned, it doesn't play companions. Uh, there's like, there's the Kahira. Like, have you seen, have you played against it at all? The Kahira, uh, Grohl, like, aggro deck? I, I know what you're talking about, but I haven't actually played against it. Yeah, but just like the, the motley crew of Gruul creatures that happen to have Kahira's card types <laughs> for yeah. the most part. <laughs> but Quartzwood Crasher, like, you know what I mean? Like, these, these are, like, Yadaro, like, some of them have started to just play, like, Somebody I played on the ladder had like four Chandras in the main deck. I was like, well, you know, they were really ready for like the like three people on this entire like server that brought like like dirtle control. But but like I got bodied pretty hard. Uh, but like <laughs> they, they were re- they were ready for you, Grim. Yeah, they, were, they knew they were, they knew they were gonna be up against you. I, I, I was like, well, 
sitting there with like <laughs> like five counter spells resolves <laughs> <laughs> lost to an emblem okay dealt with it with ecd played another one oh my gosh <laughs> but yeah like yadaro like in the deck all of that there's it's pretty sweet right and i'm starting to like see the value because like I, I was playing a mono green deck and gem razor i remember we had talked about that like in our top 10 for like standard for a little bit right but like gem razor is actually just really good when you go like turn one uh pelt collector or or, or like you know the 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 bark troll or even anything along those lines or just stone coil serpent on one or two and and then just gem razor on three Simple as that, because now you have Trample, uh, and it's a bigger threat, and if you put it on Stone Coil, it can't be targeted by Multicolored. And, like, it's weird, because, like, all these Multicolored decks just cannot beat that. The amount of times where I just sit there, just like, well, I guess I lose to this Stone Coil Serpent that's a 2-2 that's been hitting me all game. <laughs> like, and, <laughs> and you get to, uh, to blow up, like, Fires and Wilderness Reclamation, or, like, Witches Oven. There's actually, like, yeah. even beyond just being a good beatdown threat, it's, like, incidentally, this main deck hate for a lot of powerful cards in the format right now. Yeah, like, that, like the ability to blow up the enchantments and artifacts, and, like, I, I even like Thrashing Brontodon as my fifth gem raiser that I can interact with at instant speed to really keep Mono Red in check. <laughs> so, uh, Richard. It seems great. Uh, Question, question for you. We gave, we gave you homework last week a little bit. We talked about the drifting to modern. Uh, we talked a little bit about, uh, Luris and Jund in this new build of Jund. Did you actually Ooh. get a chance to, uh, to explore some modern and try Luris and Jund? I bring news from the front, gentlemen. <laughs> I played three <laughs> leagues. Thoughtseize is dead. Thoughtseize has been <laughs> defeated in 2020. This is no longer a card you want in your deck. It is a meme. What? It joins Tarmogoyf. So let me explain <laughs> to you how many games I lost <laughs> running uh, Lures Jund. So in 2020, there's a one mana cryptic command that's really good against Thoughtseize. Okay, that, that was already like Thoughtseize was on its like deathbed. Okay. But now everyone is playing baubles and astrolabes right so you you thought sees them and you're like oh, okay i resolved i didn't get like two for one and then you see like baubles and astrolabes like what do you do with this like nothing and then like you're, you're like you're like alive you're like trying to like beat them down and you're like look it's garuda combo you know i i, I need to stop garuda combo what do i have to stop garuda I'm holding a bunch of thought seizes. It's in their <laughs> companion zone. I can't do crap about this, right? Or you're playing it's burn. Thought seize already really bad, but you're like, okay, I need to get that Luris because they're gonna bring back Goblin Guide and smash my face. Can't do it. Like, there's just no reason to play thought seize anymore. It is such a bad card that it is not worth playing Thoughtseize. Are you saying discard in general is bad, or would you still, would you just say, you know what, just play the full set of Inquisitions? No, no, no. I, I, like, all, tar- like, Thoughtseize and Inquisition is just terrible. <laughs> um, and Lurus Jundek, I think, is actually really bad. Uh, so, if you like uh, Red and Six, you might like this. So, the, the idea of the deck is you just grind them out, except you have, like, no game against any deck that, like, combos you, because you're too slow to kill them. So, like, yeah, you can sit there and keep bobbling, and then on turn four, they kill you, you're like, yeah, good bobbles, and then you have nothing to kill them with, right? Because you spent your turns casting Seal of Fire (laughs) instead of, you know, like, real spells. 
So actually, I, I don't like it at all, right? Like, so if you play another like creature based deck that's fair, you're good to go. But there are like none of those decks in modern. Like everyone else is a combo deck, or uh, you know they just don't care about what you do, right? Like it doesn't matter that I'm drawing cards with Bobble if there's an Urza on the other side of the battlefield, right? Or uh, Titans coming down, or uh, any one of the companions coming down. Like it just doesn't matter anymore. So I don't, I don't know why people are still playing Lures uh, Jund, but you know people still are playing it in modern. But it only beats up like the mirror. Like that's what were it's you at. were you playing the Death Shadow version or just no, like no, no. the the straight Jund version? So I I tried some with uh so they all have run in six. Some have Bob in the main deck. Some have Bob in the sideboard. Tried both variations. Uh, it's just it's just too slow. Like and Kroxa is not as good without Liliana. Uh, so with Liliana and Kroxa, a you can fill up your graveyard to like actually cast Kroxa, but b you run your opponent out of cards. Like, you just hit them with, like, the Thoughtseize, the Kroxa, the Lily. They're out of cards. They can't actually win. But when you cut the Lilies, Kroxa doesn't actually do anything. It's just, like, a bad bolt that you're bringing back with Loris every turn. So it's... I feel it's not as strong as, like, traditional Jund against the non-creature decks. But if you're trying to grind out, like, I don't know, like, elves or something, then, yeah, this deck is great, <laughs> right? But, like, no one plays these, these like, fair creature decks anymore, so... It just doesn't matter, right? You just have no game against combo whatsoever. I the I, other oh, go ahead, Grim. Well, I was gonna say that maybe maybe then the Death Shadow version is the way to go then because they've been playing like Footfall Crater, right? So like you get your hasting Death Shadow and you just hit somebody and then that's it, it's over. Yeah, Death Shadow looks actually pretty good <laughs> with the the lures because uh, you can get back Death Shadow. Death Shadow actually kills people like at a reasonable amount of time, but. Uh, Death Shadow without Thoughtseize. Mm, like, I don't know. You still get God. I actually have to try it. But like, oh, Thoughtseize is so bad now. Like, I just don't want this card in my hand ever, right? Like, oh. I think uh, the other cool innovation I've seen in modern is if you look at like the top modern decks, a lot of them are pre-existing decks that just uh, have adapted a companion, especially Loris. There's like so many like Burn, Hardened Scales, Devoted, Druid combos, Jund, Death Shadow, like you name it, they're playing Loris now. But I think the the newest deck that's really like kind of risen up recently is uh, the Gruul Abash deck, uh, which is which is actually like a Luka deck. I think that deck's actually really cool. It's kind of like, it's it's a little bit like the Ponza decks uh, from the past where you're like an Arbrelf Utopia Sprawl deck, but you're playing all uh, ones and threes, essentially, except you get a single Emrakul and then Luka. So if you sacrifice Season Pyromancer, Magus of the Moon, Clothis, <laughs> Kitchen Finks, you just randomly end up with, with an Emrakul that happens to cost 15, so it does work with Abash. I think that's one of the, maybe the, the most new decks. And it's actually like a legit deck. It has like 16 finishes or something. It's like the third deck on our metagame page right now. It's actually like a, a top, a top tier modern deck at the moment, which I think is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, like, I, I I think that's pretty sweet. <laughs> like that's that's really cool. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's it's it does kind of feel like I we'll, we'll see how sweet it is when like Emrakul constantly hits me. But like you know what I mean. <laughs> like I, it, Lucas yeah. Lucas looking pretty good so far. You know like, what, you know what's better than than an Emrakul? It's an Emrakul with Abash out, so it actually thirties you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were ever like worried, you know, like ah, they still Emrakul survive the Annihilator. <laughs> 
yes. Is it is it going, is my emerald going to be enough? I'm not sure. Yeah. I better I better abash and, and just Woo. make sure that this emerald is good enough. I mean, really have you guys played it? It's a deck. Like you don't need to get combo killed. Like you will die to like they get a, a clothes on the battlefield and they just abash yeah. and you can't deal with it. Like you're just dead, right? Like. Yeah. They- you don't, they do. you, you don't even need the combo kill, right? They just kill you with, like, little dirtle dudes if you can't deal with the Avash, like, immediately. That is yeah. kind of the funny part about it. Like, Clothis hits for, what, four. Yep. They play Burning Tree Shaman that pings yeah. for one whenever yep. a player activates an ability, which all of a sudden becomes two, and then you're, like, getting ping like crazy when you do anything. So it actually has this kind of almost, like, Avash stacks feel to it a little bit, to some extent, which is, I think it's, I think it's a really interesting deck. It's a deck I've, I've, I haven't really played with it yet. I played against it a couple times, but it's a deck that I'm planning on uh, playing some games with because it looks pretty sweet to me. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's it's playing like Magus of the Moon, so like you're you're getting locked out by that on your mana, but it also brings in choke. <laughs> and I'm just like, well, okay. Uh, so what about the other format we haven't covered? Uh, Pioneer. Do we have any any Pioneer news? I know, like similar to Modern, we got a lot of a lot of Luris stuff. Uh, the Auras deck that was already pretty good with Sram is now really good now that it has Luris. Burn has suddenly like become a deck yeah. in Pioneer thanks to Luris. Uh, Feather decks with Luris, uh, Harden Constrictor decks with Luris. What else is going on in Pioneer though? I mean, this this may seem funny, like because it, it did it did to me, but like in Demir Inverter decks now going to ninety five cards. <laughs> like I'm like, oh yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, right? Because Inverter eats all the cards all the same, but like. Yeah, they're going up to like 95 cards. They're doing some like pretty wild things there. Uh, I, I have realized like, yeah, okay, I didn't know at some point Orizov Auras just really got popular and then it got even more popular with Loris, right? So I, you know, I, I don't know if it's just me, but I, I've been playing nonstop Demonic Pact and <laughs> that deck with Yorion is absolutely bonkers. It do, it dunks on the Auras deck so bad because like Flicker of Fate, that card is so good. How did have I been sleeping on this card? Like Flicker of Fate is the truth, and like being able to flicker something like Elspeth's Nightmare to like at instant speed or Oath of Kaya or anything along those lines or or even the Trials of Ambition or whatever, like that's amazing. Like the Auras deck just can't beat that. And like, and like on top of that, like you're, you're doing, like you're gaining a lot of life from your Oath of Kaya, so you're dunking on burn. The only thing is you just absolutely get embarrassed by the breach deck. <laughs> and so like, I, I've, I've been loving, I've been loving Pioneer too. Like I, it seems weird because right now it's just a lot like how all the other constructed formats are. There's a lot of companions everywhere, but underneath that, there's a lot of depth. And I've been really enjoying like a lot of the constructed formats right now. I think uh, something else we kind of uh, maybe missed uh, talking about changes in the last week is we've also kind of seen the rise of Zerda a little bit, a little bit under the radar. It's not like it's uh, like Loris oh, or anything, but we've yeah. started to see these uh, Zerda combo decks pop up. There's a Jeskai cycling deck with Zerda that has got some finishes in Pioneer that is actually like sort of like the standard deck where you're using like Zenith Flares and Shark Typhoons along with older stuff. Uh, you have the Flourishing Foxes, but you get like Nimble Obstructionists and in uh, Sensors and so forth. And then there's been some like straight up modern combo decks, which I think they're actually pretty sweet. The main 
combo is Umbral Mantle. I don't know if you, yep. you guys even know, know what this card does. It's, it's a weird oh, yeah. old untapped card, but it's an equipment. Normally it costs three and you can untap the equipped creature and give it plus two plus two until end of turn. If you can stick that on a mana dork, like say a birds of paradise and have a Zerda to reduce the cost down to one, you just like tap birds for the mana and then use yep. that mana to untap it and have an infinitely big birds of paradise, maybe on like turn three and then just one shot your opponent with like the biggest birds of paradise and magic so i think that's we're starting to see the the more under the radar companions the ones that are yeah. harder to build around uh people are starting to figure those ones out like loris is easy yarian is easy but we're starting to see the the ones that are powerful but take a little bit of work because of their restriction those are starting to find homes now too i play against that combo in standard the the zerda <laughs> one and like like it, it it does all of that right it plays it, it it eventually goes and uses Fey of Wishes to pull a expansion explosion and hit you. <laughs> like that that's that's pretty cool. And I've even seen Mono Green Amori. Ooh. So like the the like you had mentioned, like these companions now are starting to show up, even like the lesser like known ones. Like I and I'm excited. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm still still like I've still got a, a like another month to go until <laughs> I've hit that uh that point, but I, I love these, like, the fact that these, all these companions are seeing play. I definitely think it's cool to see the, the lesser companions showing up. I, I'm getting to the point where I'm a little bit like, uh, alright, like, another Lurus deck. Come on now. Like, I, I've seen this before, but I think it is cool to see the, the Zerdas and, uh, so forth of the world actually finding hubs. I, for me, those decks, I think those decks are kind of interesting because, it actually feels like something a little bit new to some extent that we didn't have before. Like, I think part of why Abash, and even as much as I love uh, Yorion, like, those decks, they feel like they're just normal decks that didn't have to do too much work to have an 8th card in hand. But if you're building, like, a Zerta deck, you're actually putting some effort into that. Like, that's a deck that wasn't a thing before. So I think uh, those decks are more intriguing to me right now, the the ones with the lesser companions. Yes, oh, uh, so I definitely sp- understand that. Speaking of companions, I got a very angry email this week, um, <laughs> <laughs> which is something I didn't consider. Uh, but so Yorian decks are 95 cards, right? Uh, because you need all the extra cards. So we, we talked about this briefly, that it costs you more money to complete your deck, you know, more wild cards and things like that. But one thing I didn't consider was the magic accessories needed to support this. So the person that emailed me was very upset that their standard deck box, like they made a custom made like wooden standard deck box can cannot fit a Yorian deck. Uh, So you basically need to switch over to commander products now, right? Because now you need 95 sleeves. uh, You need a box that holds like 95 cards. You need a shuffle, uh, a uh, 80 card deck. Right. So uh, I wonder if the metagame will diverge between paper and online like even more. Right. Because like why go through all this hassle of like getting basically new everything and extra cards to play Yorion when I can just play like a normal 75 card deck. But that was a pretty interesting thing about accessories. Uh, This person was very upset about their custom deck box not working anymore. (laughs) I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, maybe maybe Orion's like in league with Alter Pro or something. It's all like <laughs> some shady deals behind the scenes to make players buy more sleeves. <laughs> I I had been pl- I had been buying dragon shields. Those always came with a hundred, so that works out. But I didn't think about the deck boxes. Like I was just like, wow. I'm worried for Seth. Like shuffling eighty 
double sleeves carts. Oh like this is this is gonna be a nightmare. Oh, I can't even uh, shuffle fifty yeah, or sixty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just remember that now. Yeah, your shuffling is uh, very interesting to watch. I so <laughs> I think I've I've improved slightly since then, but I think maybe it's, a little bit. But I'm, I don't know if I'm up to the eighty card challenge. Yeah, I'm still getting used to sixty. If you haven't seen Seth shuffle, it looks like. At any point, all of his cards are about to go flying all over the table. And I just like, I just want to go, you know what, Seth? Why don't you just let me shuffle for you? <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, fun times. <laughs> uh, so any other constructed uh, thoughts uh, from any formats before we answer some fish mail? Uh, just the only thing here is like you see a companion on the front of the deck. Don't uh, like it, it's it's not it, it could not be what you think it is. I've I've made that mistake. Oh, Luris. All right. Well, it's going to be cat deck and it's nope. No, it's something else. All right. <laughs> cool. Yeah, especially with Luris. Some of them are easier uh, to figure out than others. Luris, it could be like anything. I think in standard uh Abash, like pretty much some sort of sacrifice deck, maybe an aggro deck. Yarian can also be like more or less anything, although it's usually like some sort of ramp or fires deck. That is, yeah. Inter- I actually had someone argue with me this week that uh, people were misevaluating companions because they were not putting any any weight into the information it gives away, and that's a big drawback of playing a companion. Is your opponent when they're making their mulligan decisions, they uh, <laughs> they know what your companion is, and they could theoretically, you know, mulligan better based on that information so so maybe we're all wrong on companions and the fact that your opponent gets that information means they're they're actually not good yeah and and another and the like like it's like well <clears throat> you thought it was this but it was actually this <laughs> haha it's like scooby-doo when you <laughs> like you they unveil unveil the, <laughs> the person behind the mask <laughs> it's like a power move where you just reveal your hand like before the, the game is over and you're like look at my hand it doesn't matter yeah. what you do <laughs> like my hand is this you lose <laughs> so here's my companion look at it <laughs> except look at it i will always have this companion uh, all right let's uh let's answer some fish mail richard take it away all right if you have questions send them to at mtg goldfish with the hashtag mtg fish mail and we'll get to your questions on air snare johnson 664 hey gang do you know when commander cards get put on moto did they release the date for commander 2020 i think they did right uh so i believe they said the end of may they would be releasing most of them through treasure chests i don't i haven't seen an exact date it's possible i missed it but yes through treasure chests the end of may was the last i heard yeah and it's going to be select cards from c20 not all of the cards unless they surprise us I actually, I think I was on Moto today and just like looking through some cards and I noticed some commander cards. Some of them have red borders, which means they aren't actually like working and other ones don't. So I think you can figure out the ones that aren't going to be on there if you, if you go look around a little bit on Moto. All right. It's not my fault. Zero one with Triomes and Skylands enabling greedy, but slow mana bases and standard. Is there an opportunity for standard Ponza to make an appearance? (laughs) I like wish. competitively or, <laughs> or just what, what is what is Ponza? Is it just like ramp slash land destruction? Like what defines the Ponza archetype? So 
I think it's loosely used for any sort of land destruction. That's my my uh, take on it, at least. I don't think ramp has to be part of it, although because the modern like green-red deck is like the most common Ponza deck, I can see that how people would associate those things, but I think it can refer to any land destruction deck, actually. Okay. Like, Reign of Tears is not in <laughs> I, green and red. <laughs> I, think, I think the issue is that standard land destruction is just not good. Like, that's, that's the issue. If you think of standard, and I, I actually think there's a strong argument that wizards with all the powerful ramp they're printing should start printing slightly more powerful land destruction. Uh, but I think oh, if you look at I it agree. right now, like, by the time, uh, land destruction costs a minimum of four mana. And by the time you're doing that, your opponent is theoretically already played Fires of Invention and cast a four drop and maybe multiple five drops if they have yeah. are, like ramped a little bit. So I think you can build a Ponce deck for fun, but I think your odds of it actually being like more than like very, very slightly competitive are really low. The land destruction itself is just not up to par or fast enough. And on top of that, there's a strong chance in standard that maybe your opponent, if they're playing like the Jeskai Luka version, they're the Ponza deck because they've already <laughs> stolen a few of your lands with Ancient of Treachery. Uh, so that, <laughs> if you wanna if you wanna go land destruction, that probably is the best way to go, honestly, is just like try to cheat agent into play and then like copy it with the mythos or whatever and like steal all your opponent's <laughs> yeah, lands. Is that really land destruction? <laughs> <laughs> I mean really it is calling it, it. <laughs> It emotionally feels bad, so I guess. Like, I, I don't feel great when my lands get stolen. <laughs> but, like, I, I actually, like, just wonder, like, at that point, like, why Watsi, they, they didn't, like, print, like, even uh, Burning Earth or something like that. Just a way to, like, really punish all these, like, big mana decks. Like, that'd be great right now. I honestly think that with how powerful standard is right now, I could see an argument for Stone Rain being an okay standard card. Never like, will happen. <laughs> I think if that will never happen, I think maybe you have to go, like, four mana land destruction with a bigger upside. Like, how about four mana land destruction? (laughs) Well, no, like, four mana land destruction, but this spell costs two less to cast if your opponent had two lands enter the battlefield this turn. Or something something like that. Instead of, like, four mana land destruction, it's like, oh, you get to make a creature not block or something that's completely (laughs) irrelevant. Or modal, like, where it's like, it blows up a land or deals four damage to a creature. (laughs) Ooh. Yeah, that that would be a way to get land destruction in the main deck. Oh, but I don't think Wizards wants that. I want that, but I don't think Wizards actually wants land destruction so I, to be I think something the people most play. I just want to punish ramp decks. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that. So I, I think the most fair one would be like a banishing priest type thing, right? Where like you exile a land until the creature gets removed and you get your land back. However, that like sounds the most <laughs> unfun thing in magic is not playing your cards, right? It trumps being destroyed by the guy that ramps like a million mana and like cast their like 10 drop or whatever. Like if you sit there and you play like land and then your opponent is like, okay, turn one birds, stone rain. And you're like, okay, land. And they're like, okay, stone rain. And then you sit there and do nothing for the next 10 minutes as your opponent can't kill you because they're playing nothing but stone rain. So it takes a really long time to kill you with lot more elves or whatever. May- like it is maybe- so unfun that wizards will never bring back land destruction in any meaningful capacity, right? Like they throw the card in there, like you know, they're like, but, oh, but fall of thran, fall of thran. That was land destruction, Richard. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I mean, they they have printed like six mana land, like haphazard bombardment can blow up yeah. lands, fall of thran, but it None has of been this like is playable, <laughs> super well. super expensive, like so expensive that it's not actually playable. It's like by the time you've played all cards in your hand. I will let you destroy lands, right? Like, 
Uh, but I, I mean, do agree. We do need Armageddon, Armageddon type effects, right? Like you can't just ramp all the lands out of your deck and like I can't interact with you in any way, right? Like yeah, like I just wish there was some way to punish ramp, and there really isn't. There's like absolutely no way, and, and like please, even you know what? I'll even take a Goblin Rune Blaster at this point in standard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so desperate. What about, like, not punishing ramp, but getting advantage? Like, say, it's like a two-mana white enchantment. During your upkeep, create a 2-2 cat token for every land your opponent controls that's greater than the number of lands you control. Something like that. Is that even... Like, like, like they reverse just field of the, the dead. Board, right? <laughs> okay, make, it, make them stronger. Make them carnage tyrants. I don't know. Right? Okay, but, like, okay. <laughs> well, what about, what about this? Hear me out. It's called Price of Progression. Right, and it, <laughs> <laughs> it's in white. <laughs> it's in white, so gain gain, gain life equal <laughs> gain yes. three life. <laughs> gain three life for each non-basic your opponent controls. Hooray! <laughs> Got him. We solved it. <laughs> we br- we punished ramp truly because they will now have to time out to kill us at our high health total. <laughs> I I do think though, like. Maybe something that deals damage when a land comes into play under your opponent's control. You mentioned like Burning Earth uh, earlier, uh, Mana Bar. Of like, there are <laughs> there are things you can do that are not straight up destroying lands that could still maybe punish ramp decks. I think also like I really think my theory is that Wizards d- maybe didn't take into account how consistent decks would be with their ramp uh with like the mulligan rule changes and companions and they didn't necessarily design the ramp cards with that in mind and maybe they'll like tone down ramp in the future now that we see i think that ramp is like dominating standard like that's kind of my argument i think like that is the the most powerful thing in standard and basically every deck is doing it so maybe wizards just like needs time to catch up with all the changes in magic and will tone down ramp in the future hopefully i mean like rampant growth whatever didn't need to draw a card and do all this other stuff at instant speed right yeah at, le- at least like rampant growth there is a drawback because it's not something you want to top deck on like turn eight like it's pretty right, bad but right. Uro spiral or Uro, you're like hooray like yes <laughs> yes it's my it's my ramp oh, spell boy. on turn eight <laughs> It's a 6-6 six, six also. Wow, I gained three life. This is great. All right. Noah Boy, 9-9. Nine, nine. What do you think the best way to get into modern is? I'm a commander player. First, so I have lots of cards, but can't figure out which decks to get into first. With the format changing so much, what would you look into outside of Burn? Oh, Burn is so outside good, Outside of Burn? <laughs> Burn is actually, like, really good right now. Is there anything else in Modern right now that isn't <laughs> Lurid's Burn? No, I'm just <sighs> kidding. I think that's cheap. That's, like, if we're going for budget, right? Like, that's that seems hard, right? But there's a lot there if, you if like, I guess you already have the cards or something like that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. There's the Urza decks. There's Hardened Scales. I mean, if you like Affinity, this is pretty much like the new- newest version of Affinity. Uh, like, I mean, that Grohl Obosh deck seems really cool. And it, and it seems relatively cheap as I look at it compared to like all the other decks in Modern, right? Like almost everything is cheap-ish for Modern. Yeah, I would... Ugh, I think I would stay away from Lurus decks just because... I don't have high confidence that that's going to be a card that sticks around or decks that 
are only decks because of Lura's. Like, uh, like the Devoted Druid combo, that's probably fine. Or Jun, that's probably fine, because they're decks anyway. But, like, Hardened Scales was, like, kind of low tier until Lura's came around, or even Burn for to some extent. So I would be a little careful about spending a ton of money on a companion deck, just because they're so new, and we're, we don't know what the long term is going to look like uh, with those cards in the format. I think the snow deck is pretty good. Like, that's a Ooh, pretty the Bant safe one. choice if you just want to be, like, the Bant snow deck. Uh, Primeval Titan decks are always good. Humans has been around for a long time and isn't super expensive. So I think there's plenty of options. I think it really depends on what cards are in your collection uh, to help bring the price down and what your play style is, because there really is a deck for basically any play style. All except, right. like, extremely dirtily control. They don't like that. So. <laughs> except except for mid-range. John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pretty much deck for everybody except for dirtily control and mid range chunt. <laughs> Fair magic. By turn four. <laughs> there's, there's a combo, a combo deck for anyone. No matter what yes. style of combo you enjoy, you will find a modern deck that'll fit, fit your play style. Memes aside though, there are a lot of combo decks in modern. Like the diversity there is actually pretty cool. Like you have like creature based combos, like. Uh, spell-based combos, artifact-based combos. So there's actually somehow like a lot of different combo decks. So I mean, what, ha- cool. what happened in the days where the best combo was I hit my fourth land and I played Jace the Mind Sculptor? That was a combo, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> uh, Next question. The Fairy MTG. Seth, would you rather shave off your beard or play Infect <laughs> and Eldrazi Tron for a year? Oh, no. No. Um, I thought you liked Eldrazi Tron. Oh. Wait, Seth has a beard? Did, did you play it once and like be like, "Hey, this is actually it's, pretty good." <laughs> I like. I mean, it is. It is pretty. I. I when I complain about decks and then I play them, I actually usually end up enjoying them. <laughs> that's that's something I've realized. I think that I would keep the beard. I don't think I would let the beard go. I don't know how much I would enjoy that year, but. I will enjoy it more if I can stroke my beard as I'm <laughs> playing horrible infect decks. I still am surprised. This is news to me. Seth has a beard. You just yeah. You just you just learned that. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. It's just it's hard to see past my beard. That's why. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Here here's the money question. Alex three two three five nine. Is standard healthy? Sure. It's diverse. Things are often changing. There is no best deck. But is standard fun? In my opinion, no, I'm fine with Companions and Standard, but cards like Fires, Three Fairy, Wilderness Reclamation, Cat Oven are too oppressive. Thoughts? I do not find any of those cards problematic, personally. Like, Three Fairy like has single-handedly taken away one of my favorite type of, like, archetypes, right? Counterspell control decks, sure. I mean, yeah, you, you do have them now, but, like, sure, right? It's not that great. But even then, I don't think it's that big of a problem, because it's like, Teferi doesn't win the game. You know what I mean? It just slows it down a little, but like it doesn't win the game. Uh, and like cat oven, that's fine. I think all, all these cards are pro- like fine. I think my problematic cards, um, actually like Seth just dropped like an article about it and I have an issue with, yeah, like the, the, the mana, the accelerators. Like right now we just talked about it a little is ramp. I think ramp is ridiculous. I think Nissa is bonkers. Um, just stuff like that is where I, I feel standards weird, but, is it fun? Yeah. It's still fun, regardless of that. I've been... I will say, I have been having fun with Standard since I Courier released. Uh, yeah. I definitely have my concerns about it, and if you ask me this a month from now, my answer might be different, but I have been having fun... I have been having fun playing Standard since I Courier released. Yeah, and, like, I, I have, too, and it's not, like, the the fun where, like, you know, ah, new set, 
that's why it's fun. I genuinely have enjoyed, like, the patterns of play. Uh, outside of, like, you know, yeah, you could say what patterns of play? Fires and then just, like, you know, <laughs> win the game, right? <laughs> but, like, like, <laughs> but, like, there's a lot more than just that. I, if you look at it, the, the, the patterns of play are definitely much more deeper than that. I mean, as opposed to, like, before Ikoria, where it's like, haha, check this out. Ramp, ramp, ramp. We're at the X Games now. All these ramps. And then boom. <laughs> Nissa, look at me. I have all this mana. Guess what's following this Nissa? Hydroid Crazes. Krim is just so happy that Nissa is not a big part of the yeah. meta anymore. <laughs> I may or may not dislike a card. <laughs> I, I, I'm still in the camp. Like where I do think Oko was a problem, but Oko paid for Nissa's sins. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You know? <laughs> all right. Last question from Tom via email. At first, I felt companions made magic worse. They warped the game so much. But if you're and you're not playing them in your deck, you're playing it wrong. But as I play more, I'm starting to grow on them. Yes, they changed the way we seem to play the game, but companions reduce variance. When planeswalkers are introduced, there were a bunch of people who didn't like the cards, like Jace and Elspeth, and some of my friends even Jace. banned planeswalkers at their kitchen tables. So uh if Watsy prints more companions they become part of the game and it's just like adding planeswalkers i'm trying to summarize the question (laughs) it is a it is hold on hold on so the tldr is number three would you agree that they should have that they started with bad companions like the first walkers and lewis was a mistake but you know future companions could be fixed and part an integral part of the game so is lewis jace the mind sculptor like super op is Yorian, Jace the Mind Sculptor, and we should enjoy companions going forward, or, uh, you know, just inherently bad. And I will note, there are people to this day that still inherently think, like, Planeswalkers are bad for the game, by the way. <laughs> like I I don't think... I Obviously, I'm biased here, but I <laughs> I really like Planeswalkers. I, I still, to this day, still haven't had fatigue of it, so maybe that's why I also enjoy companions, much like was mentioned there. It changes the way the game is currently played, yes. But I think companions this I'm I this might be I might be in the minority, but I think companions are good for like like magic right now. So so um, should they be evergreen? Would you be pleased if in the next set there are more companions? Kind of like I, partners in Commander? Like maybe they're not there every set, but they are a thing and they keep making new partners. I don't... Okay, I think I'm okay with that, right? I guess. As I play more, I'm, I'm getting... Because at first, I was hoping like it, it was just exclusive to Coria, right? But then, as I play against more of it, I'm okay with more of them, but the issue is, like we had talked about it earlier, like before, it's just, what can you do for the next batch of companions? Let's just say that they, they try to make more. At best, there's maybe one more cycle. What so, else? What I mean, else you could have said that do? with planeswalkers, but here we are with everyone's Obnixilus template of plus <laughs> <laughs> plus one card advantage, minus two removal, <laughs> ultimate well, with the game, right? Like you can keep making companions forever, right? Planeswalkers have changed, though, right? Planeswalkers have changed. Like, I, yes, there is the cookie cutter five drop, right? That's the cookie cutter five drop that was uh, very popular, but. I mean, War of the Spark changed it up. I don't know where where you all stand on that. Some people like it, some people don't. But I loved War of the Spark as a set, minus one green card that was five mana that doubles forest mana. Uh, and so, like, outside of that card, I think Planeswalkers have changed. And I am curious, like, what else you can do with Companions. 
like deck restriction wise. So I spent a a chunk of my weekend based on this question, actually, like really thinking about this, talking to people about it on uh, on Twitter. And I think the issue is, according to Wizards themselves, they just don't see a lot of design space with companions. I think I actually asked, like, could these be like planeswalkers? Like, is there enough design space where you could have, you know, hundreds at some point in the future? And the answer from, like, Inside Wizards was uh, they didn't think there was that amount of design space. Even, like, Mark Rosewater responded and said there isn't a lot of design space. A couple other designers chimed in. So I think that that is, is the problem, is I don't know if it's possible to go that technique. I think I can see the argument people are making, like, oh, the problem with companions is there's only 10 of them. You have to play a companion. If we had, like, 100 companions or 500 companions, then everyone just starts with eight cards in hand, and there's a normal amount of diversity because you have so many options. Like, sure, everyone gets eight cards, but that's fine. Like, you can play a whole bunch of different options as your eighth card. Uh, I don't think that that's possible with the companion mechanic because Wizards themselves doesn't seem to think there's enough design space to have there be hundreds of them. I guess I, I guess you could make them theme-based, right? Like, it's like, ah, your deck has to contain only Samurais or something because Return to Kamigawa or something, the next set. I don't know. That's, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's how they could do it, right? Based on the set, right? They, I guess you they could, could do that. You could just remove the restriction altogether, right? Like, it could be... I keep, I keep bringing back to Hearthstone, right? But like, so Hearthstone's main gimmick is you have a mana sink in your hero power, right? And your only restriction is like, you have to play cards from that class, right? Like, you know, it's like the colors of, of magic, yeah. so to speak, yeah. right? You could just make like, say, uh, let, let's say I play Jund and I'm like, okay, I, I want like Liliana of the Veil, like all the time. So there's a Liliana of the Veil companion with like basically some restriction that doesn't matter. But I can always have like a, a three CMC planeswalker play at all times, and that's my hero power, or that's my companion, right? And you can just have any of anything, right? It could be like a two mana three three companion. Uh, it could be a Carnage Tyrant companion, but basically an eight uh, let's card not that's always that. in your hand. <laughs> let's not make that one. <laughs> let's not <laughs> like, like I mean, commander, right? Like <laughs> if, if we think it reduces variance, if we make enough of them. Because the biggest problem now is like, I have a deck I want to play. There is no suitable companion. I can't play this deck. Otherwise, I'm disadvantaged. But if Wizards just made 50 companions that had like really no restriction, like the restriction is you play lands in your deck or something, right? Uh, <laughs> it's not really a know, restriction, I, I could right? have like, like the Tarmogoyf companion or I could have the Cryptic Command companion or something, right? Like it's just like, an eighth card. Would 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 that make magic better though? Like, would that make the game more fun if you get to start with your best I mean, card in hand every game? Like, is that actually like, would that even be enjoyable for anyone? It like, is. It is for me because I mean, like, standard is enjoyable right now. <laughs> well, well, think about it like this: How many games have you lost where you're just like, you know, you're you're a landlord? You know, you've got so much real estate, you you don't have anything to do, right? <laughs> So, like, this does help with that. And, I mean, yeah, it's very powerful, but I like that. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to always have something to do. So, like, my counter... So, this comes up a lot. Because one of the things we talk about, I've talked about with a lot of people about, is, like, the London Mulligan rule and how it reduces variance and lets you find specific cards more consistently. Uh, I think at some point mechanics and rules that reduce variance have to become a bad thing. Like, I think the argument I always go back to is, like, if 
make, having there be less variance and more consistency is always a good thing. Why don't you just get to choose your seven card opening hand? You build your deck, you demonic tutor seven in hand, you know your deck's going to function exactly the way you want it to every single game, and, and then you flip up your cards and see what happens. Like, I think most people would agree that that level of variance would be a negative for magic. So uh, there, there has to be a line where, where it becomes a bad thing. And what I don't the know line if, is one card, a companion. <laughs> <laughs> right? Instead you know of seven, you choose one card, right? Like, I, I think you're right, though, Seth. There is a line, right? But today, we are at the very far end of that where it's all random, right? You get a London Mulligan, uh, or you get London Mulligans, right? So there, there's some of that, but you're still on the very far end of, like, stacking your deck, right? The most... yeah. The, the opposite of that would be choose your seven cards and stack your entire deck, right? Then, like, you know, everything is deterministic. But I think there are more ways to get closer to that without getting there. And I think we're going to see that in Magic. Like, I think Wizards, like, the main goal, like, if you start teaching new players, like, the worst thing that could happen is they get mana screwed, they do nothing, and they're like, what is this game? I didn't even do anything. Yeah. Right? It's like playing an MMO or something, and the first boss you fight is, like, the, the raid endgame boss you're like what right i can't do anything i just got slaughtered right so i, I understand that feeling. To reduce that drawing right? lands is my boss <laughs> like i get it <laughs> so if companions are not the answer like maybe it's something else but it's going to be something to reduce variance and mana screw like something like removing mana screw from the game somehow or reducing it so that you know you just don't sit down and actually do nothing for like 20 minutes <sighs> Yeah, like, cause like, that's, that's the thing with all the people that play magic that I, like, you know, I get them to play and they're new to magic. They just like, well, I, the, the whole like land system and stuff like really threw them off because they either didn't have enough of it or they only, like, they only had that. And that does be, it is not fun, right? But we can never get rid of lands either, right? Cause I know some people are like, just get rid of lands just in general. That's a dated thing. But I'm like, no, 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 you can't do that. So I think uh, from my perspective, like, I would rather get mana screwed 10%, 15% of the time, whenever it is, than have to play the same game over and over. Like, I play Jeskai Fires, and literally every time they have Fires on, turn four. Like, I'm not, I'm not even really exaggerating. That happened it's like 80% companions. or something. Yeah. Like, they did, <laughs> it, it, didn't help that. Yeah, but that's London Mulligans and Companions and, like, all the other stuff to reduce variants. So I feel like, I don't know. I get I get the, I get what you're going for. Like, make the game more accessible to new players. But at some point, like, those players aren't going to stick around because they're like, oh, I, okay, I already did the same exact thing 10 times. Like, I'm going to go play something else now. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we've I'm, crossed the line or not, but I know there is a line. There, there yeah. is the a line. The more we there keep moving towards it, the sooner or later we will cross it. Like, London Mulligans, then Companions. Like, sooner or later, I already feel like the game has become less fun for me, honestly, because of the variance reducing. Uh, changes. I still love magic and I still really enjoy it, but I would say compared to before those changes, I find, I find it a lot more repetitive now, honestly. I've, I've gone in the direction where there are some cards that are problematic, but I have enjoyed the changes. I loved London Mulligan. I love the direction of like, just like not getting owned all the time by like variants and like finding specific cards, right? Like, I mean, I think, I think maybe, maybe if you're, like something that Watsi can do is I like just like print even like I don't know like better answers that are more versatile too. Like I think commands were good, a good thing uh, for standard. Like something that can like blow up fires and do something that when they don't have fires, just more modal cards. I really like the modal cards. Yeah, I 
I agree with both of you. Like I, 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 I totally reset this going now because like I play standard now. I don't play that long anymore. Like I remember when I first started playing Magic, I would play standard for like months. Like I don't even know how this was possible, right? Like I would like grind Moto for like forever. Now I play ten games, and I'm like. Okay, I think I've lived the Jeskai Fires experience. <laughs> I think I've seen like all the matchups and yeah, I think I'm good to go. And I just like log off, right? Like there's no point because like every game is kind of the same, right? So I, I totally get where Seth is coming from. Uh, but uh, is it better if I play double amount of games where half the games I don't do anything and die? Like, I, I don't know, right? So yeah, it's an interesting predicament, uh, I- but... Yeah, but, but right, like that. But think about that. If you if you throw modal cards into this, right, like more of them, now you, there's something to answer everything, right? Like, so you're not just sitting like, well, that's very cool. You casted two very good spells for free this turn, right? Like, but because like before, you're you're right though. Like there was a part of standard where you could attack the popular decks with like these off the beaten path answers and stuff like that. But those answers kind of don't exist, and and like. I mean, gem razor is good. It's good, but I want something that is more like like more gem razors, different gem razors, ones that are actually like really good. So which, our I mythos almost, of vindicate, which whichever like, mythos that is, <laughs> mythos is fine, but like it's only a one for one, right? And like fires beats that if you're trying to one for one. <laughs> that's yeah. That's one of the funny things is I had a lot of people having this conversation like, oh, we need like swords to plowshares and lightning bolt, and I was like. I don't know, like, with how threats work these days, like, yeah. does that even, do those level of mantras, does that even do anything? Your opponent already, like, played Uro and drew a card and gained life. Like, sure, you swordsed it, but, like, does that even, you're still technically down a card, and you're the one that spent the removal. Like, I kind of feel like with how, I kind of feel like it's a threat problem. I, I'm not yeah. sure you can print answers that are good enough. I think maybe, maybe <laughs> Wizards has went a little... <laughs> a little far with threats that do something right away. I think maybe that needs to be toned down. Like, we were talking about Obliterator earlier, being a really yeah. powerful card, but you do need to untap with it. So I feel like maybe pulling back a little bit, as much as I love Panormonicons and Blink decks, like, maybe pulling back a little bit on threats that, like, immediately generate their value when they hit the battlefield would be a positive thing for Standard. Yeah. Well, this is going super long, but I, I actually <laughs> came up with this realization as I was uh, lamenting over Thoughtseize. Because I, I was wondering, it was like, am I being a crabby old man? Like, is Jund, like, this bad? And I was thinking through the glory days, there were combo decks in Modern, but they were all creature-based combos. Like, people played, like, Infect, Boggles, uh, Splinter Twin. So your normal suite of interaction worked against those combo decks. Whereas nowadays, like, there's no, inter- like, y- you can't you can't interact because their their combos are through spells or, like, big mana and things like that. So... Maybe if we change fires to be creature, you know, like if it was a four mana creature that lets you cast spells, right? You could actually just remove it with your normal removal and then uh, the game would continue. Except now you need versatile answers. You need something to handle an enchantment from this deck, an artifact from the other deck, a creature from this other deck. So maybe it's because we moved away from like just creature based combos that are actually interactable. Hmm. You know what? You know what I blame, Richard? I blame Siege Rhino. What? Where? Why? (laughs) Let me tell you why. (laughs) But like it all, like Siege Rhino when it came into play, it helix people, right? Like that was to me like ah yeah, I thought that card was really good, right? Like, but that was like insane value. It was perfectly balanced, beautifully designed card. 
But then they kind of just kept adding on to that, right? Now it's like everything is like Siege Rhino. Like, are you kidding me? That's not even that powerful anymore compared to like all the things that you can be doing, right? So as as they started to attach spells to every creature, they they just started throwing them on there. This is like a build your own pizza and they've really just thrown every topping on there. Like it also, it walks your dog. It d- deals three damage. It ramps. It does this. You know what I mean? Like, so I, yeah, you're right. The, the, the threats are doing a lot more and the answers are still just one for ones. So now you need to do things like make answers that are like, uh, path to exile. You also gain three life and draw a card. <laughs> that's, that's like genuinely the only way I think you can keep up with all these creatures. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know the answer. And I, when I talk about this stuff, I'm not even convinced that I'm right on it. Like, I'm just sharing my feelings. And there is a huge, like, big gray area there about variance and card design and all that stuff. But I think it is a a really interesting topic. Although, also, a really long topic. We could probably do an entire cast just, like, talking about stuff like this. But we should probably wrap it up. We're already, like, one of our longest casts in a while, so. Uh, because we, we cursed it with the short <laughs> yeah. cast today, guys. <laughs> yes. Wait, <laughs> way to go, today. Seth. Way to go. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone who sent in their fish mail. Uh, if you have questions, send them to at MTGGoldfish with the hashtag MTGFishMail, and we'll go off on long-winded rants about stuff. <laughs> Uh, And on that note, I think that brings us to the end of episode 275 of the MTG Goldfish podcast. So, Richard Krim, thanks for hanging out. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to Spikes Academy for supporting the show. And we will be back next week to talk about whatever goes on in the world of magic and maybe even add some long-winded rants in for fun. (laughs) So, until then, have a wonderful week. And this is a crew signing out. (laughs) 